Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Find League MX as the shoot your shot league. You do expect higher performances and better things from Club Americas, but it's the inconsistencies. With the well, thing isn't with this Chata inconsistent, though? I will maintain that the U.S. men's national team came out to the knockout round despite terrible coaching. Like, they have a student discount, maybe, to go to a Club <laughs> Like, they got it, right? No. <laughs> to take that next step, I think it's still undisputed that you have to go to Europe. He's going to well, be on the ground for the majority the, of the time. No, look back at highlights. No, that's, if that's you the have... Christian Pulisic treatment, though. Same. We're going to have to stop this. We're going to start arguing on this podcast, aren't we? Welcome back to the Real Football Show. I'm Gino Ganello. This week, uh, Edwin and Lizzie are both away covering the CONCACAF Champions League, doing busy things and having fun in Paris right now before they had to head over to Istanbul. So with that, uh, we are bringing on Alex Winley again. She joined us last week, um, talked a little about Inter-Miami and the firing of Phil Neville. And she joins us again this week, and we'll talk a little bit more MLS. we got CONCACAF Champions League. Um, so a lot to break down, but before we get into all of that, Alex, how are you doing today? I'm good, Gino. How are you? How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I mean, an action-packed week again. Um, lots of stuff going on. Uh, we had some players returning for the first time this season. Uh, we had uh, some big wins. CONCACAF Champions League uh, concluded on Sunday, which I think is where we'll start. It is the biggest news, I feel like, of the uh, of the week. Um, Leon go to L.A. They get a one nothing win. They defeat LAFC on aggregate 3-1. Um, not the result that any of us thought would happen, I think. I think a lot of us thought with that goal at the end of the uh, the first leg that LAFC kind of had the upper hand and, and Leon proved all of us, all of us wrong. So we'll start with this, Alex, what went wrong for LAFC in this match? Yeah, I think it starts with the coaching. Honestly, I thought uh, Steve Sarandolo coming out in that flat back five with three center backs, I think it kind of threw them off a little and, and, you know, they, they didn't know quite how to mark um, Leon's uh, front two. And, you know, the defense did look a little sloppy, especially in those first super hectic, like, first 20 minutes of the game it was end-to-end stuff and you know it, it showed in the first goal that Leon scored it was a mismarking by the uh, LAFC's back line and you know they were, uh, and and Yorio were able was able to to smash it back in, into the back of the net in the 20th minute so um yeah I thought defensively the lineup they Sharendal got it wrong you know maybe they should have stuck with that 4-3-3 so um yeah I thought LAFC in that regard got it wrong and and yeah, everyone, I think, kind of underestimated Leon a bit. You know, they had their, you know, they had their chances. They stuck to their tactics and, and and you know, they, they came out with a winning mentality and it, it worked for them. 
Yeah, I mean, you're right. I mean, with the back five, it seems weird to switch it up going into such an important match, you would think, especially at home, you would go with your best lineup and your best option. Chiellini was brought in, who, if I recall correctly, Chiellini hasn't played in many matches recently. So um, that already off the top, you're you're kind of gambling a little bit. And yeah, I think, again, I, I think LAFC included underestimated Leon because none of us really expected LAFC to get shut out at home. I, you know, that's something that, you know, on, on a champions league night in, in Los Angeles, uh, in the final LAFC, you expected to come out, you know, guns blazing. And if they did lose, it would have been three, two or four, two where they gave up goals, but they, they went for it. And, you know, it feels like a little bit with that back five, they kind of sat back a little bit and we're kind of trying to defend instead of putting their best front foot forward, and and using the attack that they typically have and and, and it costs them in this one and uh Leon do win the, the championship the the CONCACAF Champions League is I I think I read is this the first in their history I believe so I'd have to double check but I think so yeah so congrats to them yes congrats to them and and once again an, a, a uh, an MLS team loses in the CONCACAF Champions League final um only one MLS team has ever won Seattle last year uh so you know that I guess imbalance in in the wins uh, continues. We'll start with LAFC, you know, and, and, and discussing them moving forward before we discuss the MLS as a whole. Um, can this LAFC group still be labeled? You know, there was a lot of talk going into this season and the way they've been playing and the way they dominated CONCACAF Champions League. Uh, there was a lot of talk about considering them up there with some of the best teams ever, possibly the best team ever, if they were to win CONCACAF Champions League. Is there still, can you still label this LAFC group as the best team ever if without winning the CONCACAF Champions League? Uh, can you can you name them that or give them that name? Or, or is it, you know, is it hard to do that considering there's not that extra barometer of, of winning that extra trophy, uh, you know, outside of MLS? Um, I don't think so. I, I know that they've been super good this season and 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 the way they play and the, the players they were able to bring in last season, you know, Gareth Bale's scoring, scoring that that winner and uh, that equalizer in MLS Cup, which led them to win MLS Cup in, on penalties. So you have to uh, applaud their player um, uh, transfer, uh, uh, the way they set up their transfers and how they bring in players and still are able to remain competitive. But yeah, this CONCACAF Champions League, failure you know I, I don't think you can call them the best team ever quite yet I think it's a little bit much I think there are probably better LAFC teams in, in history you know this team's still very good obviously but you know to be the best team ever and to to flop in the the Champions League uh, final like this where a lot was obviously running on the line and you know the, 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 they got the tactics set up wrong and, and you know and they were at home and they still lost I don't think you can call them the best team ever now I think there were better LAFC teams in the past but this team is still obviously very good but um to to give them that moniker I think that's a little a little bit too much in my opinion yeah I think it's tough right because I mean listen we still have, they still have to win the MLS cup. Even, you know, that hasn't even, that hasn't happened yet. Let's, you know, not get ahead of ourselves. There's no saying they'll go win the MLS cup, but coming into the season, I felt like a lot of people felt like this team could be one of the best MLS teams ever. And, and the way they handled, handled CONCACAF champions league, I feel, I feel like they also got, you know, a lot of praise. They were killing it in MLS 
really just ran through CONCACAF Champions League, didn't really have any trouble at all, and then get to a position now where you're not facing one of the big dogs of League MX. You're not facing Chivas or Club America or, you know, Cruz Azul or, um, or, or Tigres. You're facing Leon, who's never won the Champions League before. And I think if you ask them, you know, obviously they'd like to go into the final leg winning, but to down 2-1 going, going home with an opportunity to win the CONCACAF Champions League, I feel like that's a pretty good position to be in. And, and they were not able to get the job done. And I think we've, we've had enough MLS seasons now where winning the MLS Cup, I think, is not enough. Even in a dominating fashion is not enough to consider you the best, you know, best ever team to play in MLS. I think that you need to start to win trophies and, and you need to start to, you know, win more than one trophy in a year. Uh, which then brings me to my next point. Will an, ever, an MLS team ever win a double or even a treble? Obviously, this is a popular topic now with Manchester City doing what they're doing over in England. Is this something that can ever happen? And and what needs to change for it to happen? Um, Yeah, you know, you probably know what I'm going to say. The roster roles need to be a little bit more relaxed in order to do that. I think even Steve Sharondolo, uh said that as much, you know, which is funny coming from LAFC where, you know, it seems like they're able to sign literally every other player, but we have the, the rosters. They need to uh, expand a little bit more. So um, the money, you know, it's not so heavily DP invested and it's kind of spread out over the, the roster instead of it being, you know, the highest three played paid players on the team. So, you know, basically what I'm trying to say is that every, you know, it should be like the salary cap should rise and the DP rule should be, relax a little bit, just expand the roster so the MLS teams can buy more talent and invest in their their clubs because there are tons of teams in MLS that want to spend and, and, and you know, go for these trophies, like you said, Gino, and, and you know, they're kind of handicapped. You know, LAFC, uh, Atlanta United, Inter Miami, for all of their failures, they, they still have owners that want to spend, um, you know, they, they want to go and, 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 and you know, expand and, and bring in good players. And then you have, you know, teams maybe like the Colorado Rapids or, and some others that, you know, their owners are not the best. And, you know, that, that's the thing. They, they You got to spend more, uh, first of all, in order to 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 win these things, number one. Uh, and number two, I, I, I think uh, the, the biggest thing is, um, yeah, just really just spending more on the roster. I, I do think that with Seattle winning last season, it, it showed that MLS teams can do it in, in the current structure. But still, I think that you know, having giving MLS teams, you know, more opportunity to spend on their on their roster top from top to bottom, uh, getting some of those uh, legacy legacy MLS clubs to spend a little bit more. I think more spending overall will just only help the league and and bring in uh, world class class players e- even more so. And you know, it will help them in tournaments like this where you need your you know your benches to to step up and and to play well, and you can't just maybe rely on your starting eleven because you know God forbid one of them gets hurt, and you, you need that quality uh, backup player. So yes, the MLS rosters need to be allowed to spend more, and I think that'll uh, significantly close the gap um, from that Liga MX dominance in in the the Champions League. Yeah, I, I think it's it's tough, right? Especially with the way roster rules are, and and Steve Terundolo, like you mentioned, did say, uh, you know, did talk about this, you know, and he said, you know, basically came out and and was not mincing words when he said that really the MLS is at a disadvantage with the way the roster rules are, and 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 the way, you know, it's not an equal playing field. He feels, and and you know, I I think there need to be changes for 
teams we, we've seen with the rosters, how it affects teams playing the CONCACAF Champions League in the MLS. I mean, we saw it with Seattle last year. I think we've even seen it with Philadelphia this year and how they were not the same team in, during the CONCACAF Champions League run as they have been the past few weeks. Uh, they've been an absolute tear. Um, and, and maybe easing some of those roster rules and allowing teams to spend a little bit will give them that flexibility and, 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 and will allow them to be, you know, a little bit handle the, the load a little bit better. You know, me and Edwin have had this conversation ready where, you know, it feels like MLS teams don't go for like cups, you know, it's like it, 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 the, the, the U S open cup doesn't feel like it's that important. You know, the CONCAP champions league is more like we would love to win it, but really there's like a couple teams who focus and the other three teams who are in it really just kind of, you know, all right, if we win, we win. If we don't, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens. Um, you know, it, it doesn't feel like trophies outside of MLS Cup are a priority. And um, I, I think that needs to change. And I think maybe roster rules might help that. You know, either way, though, when it comes to LAFC, it's tough to say, you know, it, they were given every opportunity to win this game. They, you know, MLS has helped them out tremendously. You know, on the other side, MLS has helped them out tremendously by basically moving all of their games. Like, you know, League MX never had this, you know, had this. I mean, Leon hasn't played in a couple weeks. They lost in the quarterfinals, I think, of the of League MX. So it's it's been a while since they've had a, a meaningful game to play other than CONCACAF Champions League. Um, so, you know, MLS gave them every opportunity to win this too. They helped them out and, and they still couldn't do it. So there needs to be something figured out because it feels like they, there's a gap. Like you said, there's a gap and there's a reason Liga MX teams are winning all these CONCAF Champions League titles and, and the MLS teams can barely, you know, they, they get to the final, but they, they can't sniff it. So, um, you know, we'll see what happens there. I mean, maybe roster rule changes are coming, especially with, you know, as we add more and more teams here, we'll see it. We'll see how things play out. But um, we'll move on now into actual MLS talk. It was a, you know, a, an interesting weekend in MLS as well. Um, Nashville. We'll start with. We'll start in uh, with Nashville. They went on the road. Uh, took on FC Dallas. Uh, a big game. I mean, I think one of the more interesting games on the schedule, as we mentioned last week. Um, and Nashville, they get a win to one. Over FC Dallas, late goal by Hani Mukhtar. Uh, his, you know, his skill somehow manages to get <laughs> another one on net, and he just keeps firing on all cylinders. And Nashville are one of the hottest teams in MLS right now. I want to focus on Hani Mukhtar first. Like I said, he's been on fire. The guy's been, you know, absolute nails for weeks now. Is Hani Mukhtar the leading candidate for? the MVP at this exact moment. And if not, who is? Yeah. I, when I'm on the Hani Mukhtar train, he's been so good for Nashville, you know, for his entire stint with the, with the team. And, you know, this year he has what, you know, like how many, like six, like he's played in 16 matches and he has 10 goals, six assists. That's a super impressive, uh, you know, return for, for, you know, you know, what Nashville invested into him to bring him over. And, you know, they're, they're seeing, uh, you know, just an incredible, you know, performances from him on the field. Like, I, I don't know who else could be MVP at the moment. He's been super good. 
And, you know, I, I know there's shouts for maybe a Denis, a Denis Buanga or a Tiago Amada just for, because they're both so good. But, you know, Mukhtar's just been on fire for Nashville. And, and you know, even without a, a DP uh, number nine, which I'm sure they'll invest in in the summer, you know, he's just been carrying that offense and, and making everything click for them. And it's, you know, really fun to watch as a neutral and, and yeah, you just have to respect what he's doing with Nashville. And now they're they're second in the East, and and they they've just been playing really good soccer with him. And and yeah, he he has to be the for the at the forefront at the moment. And you know he, he could very well win back to back MVPs if he continues this uh, you know the form that he's in. Yeah, I mean he is been prolific i mean all all season I, honestly i can't think of i know buangas had a really good season i i know almada's had a really good season i know some other players are, are, are playing really well but doesn't it doesn't feel like anybody else is on his level right now and he's been on this level for a year and a half now at this point uh you know we he's been you know just absolutely killing it leading the line for nashville and it, it feels like at the moment I, I feel like he's the clear-cut candidate, you know, the clear-cut number one. Uh, I agree with you because I, I feel like there's just no – I mean, he's averaging a goal or assist, a goal contribution, and uh, one goal contribution every 90 minutes. Every time he plays, every time he steps on the field, he's at, he, he's expected to get a, a goal or an assist, which is is ridiculous. Crazy, yeah. And, and, you know, we're what, halfway through the season, he's got 20, 10 goals, six assists. You know, he's on pace for another 20-goal season and another, you know, and, and double-digit assists. I mean, there's no one else in the in the MLS doing that right now. There, there's just not. There's no one else in the MLS doing that. And, and that's why I think he's he's the leading candidate, which, you know, it, it also is, is interesting to me, you know, how he's not getting any – it feels like he should be getting a lot more interest abroad as well. Yeah. Um, but, I, you know, it feels like the, those rumors have not been as prevalent as – Almada or, or some of the other guys. Um, so we'll have to keep an eye on that as, as the transfer window starts to open now. But, um, you know, this national team would be a much different team without Hani Mutar. And, um, you know, I mean, I think they have, I, I have to check real quick, but I think they, I, I know defensively, they've been very good. Mm. Goals wise, they have 24 goals. He's contributed 16 of them. So three quarters of the goals that they've scored. Hani Mukhtar, or two thirds of the goals that they scored, Hani Mukhtar has had, you know, some hand in in scoring. So, you know, they're he is he is their team when it comes off it comes offensively, and and, and so I, I ask the question now: Nashville extremely hot, Cincinnati also extremely hot. They've won nine home games now to start the season, uh, undefeated at home so far. Are the two, you know, this is leading up to this and just to kind of preface this, coming into this, I think both me, Edwin, Lizzie, I think we felt that the West was was the dominant league. There was, there was a lot of good teams in the West. And the East was kind of up for grabs. You had Cincinnati at the top, and, you know, below that, you weren't really sure what those teams below that would be. But now, would you say that the top two teams in the MLS are, are in the East now? And... If not, who is? Yeah, no, I think, yeah, I, I was reading uh, through some um, tweets the other day about how, you know, uh, certain, uh, you know, people will rank maybe LAFC over everyone because, you know, that's just, you know, a popular thing to do. But yeah, right now, I think all the good teams will, um, the consistently, you know, fun teams are maybe a little bit stronger too. 
uh, are in the East. You know, Cincinnati, Nashville, Philadelphia, they're all within, well, mm-hmm. Cincinnati's what, eight points clear at the top, but Nashville, Philadelphia, New England, they're all within, you know, striking distance of each other. And that's it's really competitive. And even, you know, even down to 10th place, they're still, you know, jockeying for playoff spots. So the, the East have, has been super strong this season. And I don't think any, many people expected that, you know, uh, with the West Seattle LAFC, you know, we probably, people probably thought the galaxy would be better. Same thing with Portland, same thing with Austin FC. But right now, a lot of these big teams that were really good last season, you know, I'm going to use Austin FC for an example, you know, they're, they're kind of floundering, you know, Austin, they, they got, I, I believe to the Western conference, a semifinal or the final, I believe. And, you know, yeah. they were, you know, you know, tagged to do really good things this year, but, but now they're eight, they're eighth and on 19 points. And, you know, they're, they're you know, disappointing from what they did last year. So, yeah, I, I'd say that the East so far has the, the far stronger teams this year. And, and, you know, FC Cincinnati and Nashville, they, they do reserve, uh, uh, deserve some respect in, in the national conversation. They've been very good as of late. And, and, and Cincinnati, you know, all those banter years that they had where they were winning wooden spoons and, and whatnot. Now they, they've turned it around and they look like legitimate uh, contenders this year, in my opinion, at least. And they, they, they just look solid. And, you know, def- defensively, off- offensively with Luciano Costa. And then, now, then this summer they can invest that money that they got from Brenner going overseas. And, you know, they just have, you know, this upward trajectory, which makes it difficult to see them kind of flopping within the next couple of months. So I'm, I'm selling my, I'm, I'm all in on FC Cincinnati right now, but yeah, for sure. For sure. The East I think is far stronger than what people give it credit for. And, and, and um, you know, hopefully the West can, can step it up within the next uh, couple of weeks and months. Yeah, I mean, looking at the East right now, I think you can, you know, make the argument that one through, I mean, Atlanta at six, even, I mean, they're, I feel like just so deep in the East, which is shocking to me because, you know, I thought that the East would, you know, maybe the top four teams would be good. And then after that, it would be kind of up in the air. But it, it seems like, I mean, Cincinnati, Nashville, Philadelphia, New England, Columbus, Atlanta, all have had like very good stretches. And, and, and points where they've been extremely good. And, and for Cincinnati, Nashville, and Philadelphia, they're all just on fire right now and, and, and you know, just getting three points at will. And when I look at the Western Conference, I think what needs to be said about this conversation is, of course, LAFC, while they may only have 25 points, they've only played 12 games. So, you know, they are 7-4-1. and one. They could easily be... You know, they could easily be on a Cincinnati level once they get to the 16 games with the four games that they have to make up over Cincinnati um, and, and how that plays out. And St. Louis has been phenomenal as well. Um, you know, yeah. 28 points. They still have two games in hand. Um, they still have two games in hand over, um, you know, or, or excuse me, over Cincinnati. So there is still a little bit to be determined on the actual Supporter Shield table. Yes. But the way these teams are playing right now, it's hard for me to say that Nashville, Cincinnati are not the two best teams in, in the MLS right now. I think power rankings-wise, it's hard to take LAFC off the top because yeah. they haven't had any loss. They've only had one loss. They haven't played any games. So I, I can understand LAFC being, you know, I can understand LAFC being at the top. But I think the next three teams are easily Cincinnati- St. Uh, Cincinnati, Nashville, and Philadelphia. And I think that's no question in my opinion. I think those are the three next best teams, which is 
a lot of fun when it comes to Eastern Conference playoff time. So we'll have to see how that plays out. I, I want to ask you, though, Cincinnati or Nashville right now, obviously Cincinnati currently leads in points, but at this current moment right now, I don't think they played each other yet this season. Which team do you feel is is better and, and maybe even better suited to go on a run in the playoffs? I'm going – that's a good question. I'm leaning more towards – um, I I don't know. That's a difficult question. In the playoffs, I think Nashville, they have such a good defense, defense that, you know, I think they can just score one and then bunker the entire time, which is, you know, advantageous and in, in, in single, you know, knockout round football. You can usually play ugly and win, which, you know, I will say if, uh, Cincinnati have shown that they're able to do that this year. So I think if Nashville get a striker, a DP striker uh, in the summer, I think they, they can compete. But right now, you know, this sounds super basic, but I'm just going to give the edge to Cincinnati because they've just been on this crazy tear and they have it all together and their defense is clicking. Uh, their goalkeeper, Roman Celentano, is, he's clicking too and just in, in incredible form. You know, Luciana Costa up there, Brandon Vasquez up top. You know, they just have all the right pieces and the, the organization's going in, in the correct uh, way and, and they, they look good and, you know, um, they're just going to continue building. But like I said, if Nashville get that DP striker in the in the summer to help out Mukhtar, you know, while he it's great watching Hanny uh, do superhuman things on the field, you know, he needs that help, uh, you know, eventually. And it'll, you know, come back to bite Nashville if they don't get him uh, that striker up top. So right now I'm giving the edge to Cincinnati, but I do think that could change in the summer if and when Nashville get that that number nine that they they desperately need. Yeah, I think it's a very interesting conversation when it comes to looking at Cincinnati, looking at Nashville, who's the better team in the East and, and possibly the better team in the MLS. I mean, again, both on, on absolute tears. But, you know, when you look at Cincinnati, it, home field advantage is, is obviously huge when it comes to the playoffs. They currently have an eight-point lead in the Supporter Shield. They currently have an eight-point lead in the East as well, obviously, as, as Nashville is in second in both. Um, but for me... Defense wins championships, and so I'm going to go with Nashville. I think that their defense has been unbelievably solid the entire the, the entire year. I mean, even, even if you compare it to LAFC, LAFC is going to have 10 goals so far this season in four less games. Nashville's only given up 11 in, in 16 games. That's, you know, almost a half a goal of a game. That's, you know, less than less than 0.75 goals a game. Like, that's that's a very impressive record. And I think that that's huge. Um, again, home field advantage is tremendously important. And Cincinnati has improved defensively, which was a major, major factor that they needed to improve in. But I'm going to give Nashville the edge defensively. And I want to see Brandon Vasquez be a little bit better up front and, and mm -hmm. score more goals. And if I think he can score more goals, I mean, they've been tremendous without him doing that. And... So we'll have to see what it's, you know, what, what it ends up being if, uh, you know, it, you know, when, when, if he can get a, you know, firing on all cylinders. So mm. I'm going to go with Nashville, but I understand, you know, Cincinnati is, it, it's hard, it's hard to bet against them. So <laughs> um, true, true. Let, let's move on to uh, inner Miami, obviously your uh, expertise. Uh, they fired Phil Neville. This was their first match under Javier Morales, um, their interim head coach. Let's start with the starting lineup because the game was a, you know, we'll talk about the game in a little bit, a little bit of craziness going on throughout the game. Let's start with the starting lineup. Thoughts on on the first starting lineup under Morales and and does it tell us of 
anything that we can expect moving forward if it, if things are going to be different, you know, than they were under Phil Neville. Yeah, so listening to Javier Morales, he, he just really wants one thing from the players, and it's commitment and hard work. You know, it's not that the players didn't show that under Phil Neville, but, you know, under Morales, you know, he, he's coached several of these. Uh... The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Academy products, so he knows, you know, what they can bring. So right now he just wants hard work and, you know, uh, togetherness, you know, to calm the, calm the storm at the moment because, you know, it's just, the messy craziness, you know, they fired Neville and they're prepping for the tra- the summer transfer window. So a lot's just going on for the club. But yeah, the the starting eleven was no real surprise. Um, four two three one uh, with um, uh, Benjamin Kramashki starting at that uh, uh, number ten spot, and you know the same old back line that you, you know you usually get with uh, Inter Miami with Kustov, Kamal Miller. Um, you know, Franco Neger on the left, uh, Yedlin. So nothing too crazy. And then you had uh, Adabar Ruiz starting next to Arroyo and, and just a 4-2-3-1, Joseph Martinez up top. But um, I think it's hard to really judge this game because Kamal, Kamal Miller got sent off, what, in the ninth minute for mm-hmm. a seventh minute for a really, like, crazy tackle on um, Benteke. He was clean through on goal, and it was a clear denial of a goal-scoring opportunity. So I don't think anyone had many complaints, but – I think the biggest surprise was that Miami's ability to hold on to a 0-0 a game for for so long. I don't I don't think uh, DC didn't score their first goal until you know nearly the 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 80th minute, and you know for Miami to hang on that long without even conceding a goal, you know it, you know it's it's still super early days, but it shows that you know Morales he's not really you know he's 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 going hard on them, and he he wants commitment, and he wants to fire, and he wants everyone to, to fight for each other. And, you know, that's what they did until, you know, the, what the 71st minute uh, when Donovan Pine scored that uh, 76 minute before Donovan Pine scored that crazy goal, which, you know, he kind of scooted in. And I think it was an own goal on Drake calendar, but yeah, they, they played hard. And the, the starting 11 was nothing too crazy. And, and, you know, the Miami play in the US Open cup tomorrow. So let's see how, how they'll be able to get on with a full starting 11 proper uh, without any red cards, um, and let's see how they get on. Uh, uh, you know, in their their first real game under Javi Morales, I would say with uh, eleven players. Yeah, it, you know, you you know, it took the next question out of my mouth. I was going <laughs> to ask about if we can learn anything. I don't think we can learn anything from this game. Truly, like you said, I mean, red cards so early in the match, being bunkered down the entire time, just trying to prevent a goal. Um, it's hard to learn anything from it. Um, but I think from a starting lineup perspective, I, I would agree probably what you would expect. It's nice to see the young kids out there again. Um, and, and you know, they they performed all the way through. Ian Frey comes on and scores a goal um, and, and really fought all the way through. And it seems like 
The team is ready to play for him, ready, ready to take accountability. You know, Drake Callender spoke about accountability in his press conference after the match on um, after the match on, on Saturday. So it, it seems like they're ready to take accountability for what happens on the pitch and 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 to kind of you know turn the turn a new leaf. And you know, I think Javier Morales again, knowing all the academy kids, knowing being with the club for so long, it, it's it is a good coach to have there to kind of settle things down and and kind of you know calm calm it down a little bit but it's hard like you said to tell anything from this match because of the red card immediately you know within the first 10 minutes of the game and and then kind of the game gets flipped on his head so um we'll have to talk about inner miami obviously again like you mentioned u.s open cup match this week so we'll have to talk about them next week as well to kind of figure out if there's actually anything changing or if this is kind of Similar system, just with a different coach. Um, you know, again, it seems like it, it's hard to tell this this close, but it does seem like the players are, are are motivated again to go out there and 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 perform on a, on a higher level and give all they have. So um, we'll have to keep an eye on that. I want to talk about one more thing before we uh, before we go on to our standout performers and games of the upcoming week. Um, Emmanuel Reynoso made an appearance this weekend. Uh, he's back for the first time this season after he was suspended by MLS after he did not show up to preseason training uh, due to what the club called personal matters. Um, he re- returned from um, I, Argent- uh, I, he's uh, Argentinian, right? That's that's where he's from? Yeah. He, I just want to make sure I wasn't getting to mix up. <laughs> else. But he returned from Argentina um, back in early May, gets his first minutes this past weekend, 65 minutes, um, had a couple of chances created. Um, helped, uh, you know, play a ball in that eventually led to the game tying goal. Um, your thoughts on his first performance of the season, and, and you know, and, and how he performed and, and helped out Minnesota on Saturday. Yeah, I mean, the fans were you know super pleased to you know they gave him a what a standing ovation and when he was uh, introduced in the 65th minute, and you know it's clear that they 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 well, number one they needed him back. You know, I don't. You know, their, their place in the standings is, you know, maybe, you know, seventh place, which is probably not where they want to be. So they needed him back. And, you know, the fans showed his uh, uh, their appreciation for him. And, yeah, I thought he had a good game for, you know, a good game by his standards, considering the fact that he hasn't, I'm presuming, didn't play soccer, football for at least a couple of months. And he had a, you know, decent game. Like you said, created a couple of chances, uh, you know, had a couple of shots, two shots, two chances created. Uh, you know, uh, 43 touches, which is good for, you know, an attacking midfielder. Three passes into the final third and completed, what, 80% of his dribbling, uh, his dribbles. So, um, yeah, a decent showing for a 1-1 one, a, a draw for them. And, um, you know, I think uh, Minnesota will be pleased that he's back in the field and that they can, uh, you know, use his uh, return as sort of a platform to, uh, spring uh, spring on their season as, you know, they want to climb up the table. So hopefully his presence now can help them, um, you know, just play a little bit better and, and climb up that table and, and, and you know, be the, the player that, that they know that he can be. You know, he's definitely when he was uh, last season, specifically when he was, you know, good and, and ready and, and fit and, and, and firing on all, on all cylinders, he was, you know, an excellent player for them and, and, you know, uh, definitely the 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 cog in the machine that uh, you know Minnesota United want uh, to be doing. So 
um, yeah, I thought he played well, good, decent attacking midfielder, linking up play, you know, doing his usual stuff. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I'm intrigued to see how this uh, continues, if he's going to continue to come off the bench or if he's full, if, excuse me, fit enough to, to go that full 90. And yeah, it'll d- definitely be interesting to see how they, they go, on t- um, go on from there. I'm looking at Minnesota's schedule right now. Their next fixture, yeah, against uh, Montreal, which, you know, they haven't been having a good season. So hopefully, you know, uh, Minnesota could you know, uh, use Reynoso during that game. And, you know, I would bet money on Minnesota probably winning that one because, you know, Montreal's in bad form. So, yeah, I think it's just encouraging for them to see that. And and hopefully he can build on that too. Yeah, I mean, I, again, I, I would expect him, you know, maybe 45 minutes on, on Saturday or uh, this coming week. Um, I'm assuming their game is on Saturday. Um, you know, I, I'd expect him to get some more time as we continue, to, as they, I'm sure, continue to build him up into, you know, starting shape. But uh, what does he, what does Emmanuel Reynoso add to this Minnesota team that wasn't there already? Yeah, I think it adds, you know, creativity in that final third, which is, you know, obviously cliche to say, you know, he's an attacking midfielder. But yeah, MLS is probably not the most technical league. Yes, there are technical players, but you, you want that verticality and physicality and, and quickness. And Reynoso can give you that quickness, especially in transition. So um, having him back will be huge for uh, Minnesota. You know, I, I'm looking at uh, just the team fixtures and stats already. You know, I, I don't think they've, you know, scored much from open play this season. So obviously that will be helpful getting Reynoso back, uh, you know, just having that the creative player in, in, in the middle of the field and, yeah, they're they're twenty fourth in goals per match, which is point zero, which is not good. And you know, obviously now they 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 just need some more in that that central area. Yeah, and not too many big chances created. And yeah, they so they're just desperate for some some something to click on offense. And Reynoso is quite literally the perfect player to be able to do that. So you know, hopefully him coming back to the starting eleven will will just give them that extra oomph in that final third and and you know it'll be very intriguing to see how uh adrian uh, adrian heath uh excuse me adrian heath i believe um the head yeah. coach of minnesota i have to double check I'm, i think i'm confusing him with someone else but um yeah it's going to be huge for them to to bring that uh back yes adrian heath it's going to be huge for him coming back into the starting 11 and i'm, I'm super intrigued how you know, he'll just fit in and, it, you know, like you said, he'll probably come off the bench or, or, and then work his way up to that full 90 minutes. So, um, yeah, super, super excited to see them. Yeah, no, I, I think, you know, you, you look at some of the teams around the league, right. And, and I, you know, I hate to bring up inner Miami, but you look at how their lack of a creative midfielder yeah. has cost them this season. Um, it's kind of, you know, you can see what a creative attacking midfielder can do for a team. And Emmanuel Reynoso, we know, is one of the best players in this league and and had a phenomenal season for uh, for Minnesota last year until he had some injury concerns towards the end of the season. Um, so it, it's easy to see that he's going to add, even in the 25 minutes he played the other night, what he can add in, in, in the attacking third and, and the creativity and the balls that are played. And he's just a talent that, you know, is above a lot of the other players in the MLS and, and, and just brings a quality that this Minnesota need team needs an attack. They, they yeah. like you mentioned, they do, they do not score goals. They play defense and hope not, you know, hope they can find a goal and, you know, off a set piece or something like that. Um, and so with the Reynoso, I think this team can be a little bit more attacking, a little bit more free flowing in attack. Um, and, and hopefully, you know, move up, you know, move up the table a little bit for their sake, you know, and, 
and and find some form because this Minnesota team they have a great crowd, they have a great stadium. We were there yeah. last year for All Star, you know, the All Star weekend uh, or All Star week, and it's you know. Reynoso and, and, you know, they deserve good football in, in, in front of them. And so, you know, they're going out there in 20 degree weather watching your snow games out there. So, you know, they deserve good football. Yeah. So, um, Emmanuel Reynoso coming back is, is definitely going to add to that. And the final question I have on, on this and really the final question, you know, over MLS in total or in all before we get into those last couple topics, um, where does this Minnesota team rank in the West now with Emmanuel Reynoso, you think? That's a good question. I, I think, it, yeah, honestly, I think they'll go as far as Reynoso and uh, Adrian Heath can take them. Because <laughs> I know, uh, you know, I've been, you know, just scrolling through a couple of, uh, uh, you know, Minnesota United fans and seeing how, how uh, they feel about Adrian Heath. And I know a couple, uh, maybe a month, a month back or even last season where they went through a rough patch, they were maybe calling for the coach's head. And, you know, obviously I think they, they got it turned around and, and, and all that. But, you know, I think they'll just go as far as Reynoso will take them, honestly, you know, and it's MLS is such a streaky league, you know, you can, you know, like I'll use again, it's like beat up on inter Miami day. <laughs> I'll use inter Miami from last season where they went on five to start the year. And then they ended up finishing sixth, sixth in the, in the East and making the playoffs. So, um, yeah, they'll, they'll, they'll go Minnesota will go as far as Reynoso will take them and, and you know they could, you know they could lose games, but you know I think at the end of the season, if they go on that good run, Reynolds is back in form. Uh, they add to their roster in the summer. They could be, I don't know, like a, a good. I don't know where to place them per se, but maybe they'll they'll I'll, I'll say they'll definitely make the playoffs. I, I feel I think the yeah. they'll, they'll definitely make the playoffs over, you know, some of these other Western teams that are struggling. Maybe like the Rapids, uh, Kansas City, Timbers that look a little. Uh, inconsistent so um yeah I definitely think they'll be in playoff contention I don't know where I don't think they'll I think the top four spots are kind of a lot but you know from like five through maybe six through like nine I think they'll they'll land somewhere within there yeah so when I look at Minnesota you look at the table they're in seventh right now which I feel like is completely outperforming where I thought they would be just based Mm -hmm. on watching them and and you know the results that they've gotten um, it feels like Minnesota should not be in seventh place. So with that said, I'm going to put them a little bit higher. I, I think with Reynoso, they can challenge probably not Dallas in four. Dallas just, I, I say this every week, Dallas, there's nothing interesting to me about Dallas, but they just managed to just get results week in and week out. And, you know, they, they, grind it out they're always in third or fourth in the west that always always see they're just a very consistent team so i can't see minnesota leaping into that top four but i can see them fighting with emmanuel reynoso fighting san jose and vancouver for that five or six spot around there so i i think um i i think that that that's about where they'll end up which again them being in seventh already is is you know I, i'm shocked at that just reading that um, and they are only three points out of out of um, that for, that fourth spot. So yeah. we'll have to see what happens uh, when with Emmanuel Reynoso when he gets fully fit and what he can add to this team. Um, but it, it's you know it, it, they're gonna you know it, it's a big step in the right direction for them. Uh, mm-hmm. You know they only have 15 goals on the season, which is second to last, I think, in the MLS. Yeah, tied for second to last in the MLS. So not great. 
So having Manny Reynoso back will will add to that. They've only given up 18 goals all season, so that's a good sign of, of the defensive capabilities that they have. Now it's time to see if they can, you know, step it up on the offensive side. Um, let's wrap things up here. We got two quick things. We'll go through them real quick as we always do. Uh, standout performers of the week. Alex, who is your standout performer of the week? Uh, yeah, I'll go with Julian Carranza from the Philadelphia Union. His two goals uh, when they were playing CF Montreal were, you know, really great. And the, that first one specifically was, you know, just a crazy, you know, carving outside of the box, you know, it, it, it just snuck into the bottom corner and it was just a, a lovely goal. So I have to give uh, ups to him, you know, scoring a brace and I believe back-to-back game. So, you know, Carranza firing on all cylinders for the union now. And, you know, they started the season off a little bit rocky, but now with a, you know, they're, they're you know, they kind of, I don't want to like shade them, but like, you know, they didn't do well in the, the Champions League. And now they can focus now on MLS. And, you know, that, that's been good for them because they were able to just go on an absolute tear now. And, and Kranz has always been, you know, since going to the union uh, from Miami, you know, he's just been one, yeah, he's just been an, an absolutely brilliant player and, and a, a treat to have in MLS, you know, players like him, which, you know, maybe eventually he'll go to Europe one day. So, yeah, given the the props to Julian Carranza from the Union, those two goals, yeah, brilliant. You stole my pick, so I'm going to have oh. to go with that fire. I was going to say Carranza, too, because he's been on fire lately. Yeah. Um, but my standout performer of the week, I am going to go with the Columbus crew as a whole. Um, I feel like them, they they are they can just score at will. You know, Lucas Zellerion and, and Cucho Hernandez specifically, um, they went up 3-0 on Charlotte, a good Charlotte team. Uh, you know, early in this match, they did give up two goals, but, you know, came back, scored in a crazy five-minute span. There was three goals in this match against Charlotte. Uh, but they score four goals. They're just, a, they're, they're so much fun to watch. Yeah. They're a lot of fun. They're, they got to be up there with, with some of the most, I think they said this on the broadcast too, up there with some of the most watchable teams in the MLS right now. With Zellerion, yeah. you have um, you know, Zellerion, you have Cucho Hernandez, you have Aiden, um, Aiden is it Aiden Morris? Is that yeah, yeah. What it is in the middle? Aiden Morris, who is um, killing it in the middle for them, youngster. Arfston had a nice goal this weekend. Um, you know, they just have a lot of fun players on their team. And I love Will for Nancy. I will say this over and over again. I think he's the best coach in the MLS. Mm. Uh, one of the best coaches, at least in the top three. So um, I'm going to give the edge to Columbus on this one. I think, you know, their performance again, scoring four goals. It's, it's never easy to put four goals in the back of that, especially against, you know, especially against Charlotte. So, um, you know, I'm going to give it, give the edge to them. Um, and now we're moving in next week, your game of the upcoming week, Alex. So many to choose from. It's it's crazy, but I think I'm gonna go with um, Toronto FC in Nashville. You know, I think you know the Hani Mukhtar show is fully in effect, and you know Toronto, you know coming off, uh, you know that that the the crazy off the field issues for them, and and you know that that draw against Minnesota United. I think they're gonna want to uh, go back on uh, into you know the win box, and, and and you know Nashville is probably not the team that will. Uh, be easy for them but I think there'll be a good class between uh, a Toronto side that want to win so badly and and try to shrug off all those uh, negative narratives that have been you know going around their team and 
Nashville will, will want to continue to to climb that the the Eastern Conference table. Uh, I said earlier they're what eight points back from FC Cincinnati, so they're going to want to get a win, and Toronto's going to want to win, and Hani Mukhtar will be uh, killing it, and and Lorenzo Insigne is is going to continue to to do Insigne things. So I think that'll be a, a really great game at BMO Field. Uh, really excited to watch that, and um, hopefully it gives uh, you know some great action on the field. Yeah, and just to clarify, these are games from the the weekend. Sad yeah. tomorrow there are matches, or or today if you're listening to this on Wednesday, yeah. uh, there are matches uh, between St. Louis and Dallas and, and LAFC and Atlanta, which will both be phenomenal matches to begin with. Those are, are both really good matches, but we're sticking to Saturday. We're sti- or Saturday and Sunday. We're sticking to the weekend. Um, for me, my game of the week is going to be down at the bottom. It's going to be a late one. But it'll be Philadelphia versus San Jose. Uh, we get a couple really good Western Conference, Eastern Conference matchups here. Um, we get that and, and Cincinnati over Vancouver, or Cincinnati against Vancouver. Um, so, but with Philly and, and San Jose, I feel like this is another opportunity for Philly to show that they are back. They're back in, in, in the situation that they were last year, operating on uh, you know all their cylinders, firing on all cylinders. And, and it's an opportunity for them to go out and put out another good performance and and assert themselves as one of the best teams in the league again. Um, and for San Jose, it's another opportunity to go out there and prove themselves once again. I mean, this is a San Jose team that's currently in fifth place, uh, a team that has performed really well and and particularly performed pretty well without Cade Cowell over the past couple of weeks. Mm. Um, they have um, they've been they, they've been really good without him. I mean. They have haven't lost in the last three games, so that's always good to have a star player missing and 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 to perform well. Um, but San Jose, another opportunity to prove that they're a team that can compete not only in the playoff spots but in that top four of the West, uh, which is something I think we are seeing that they can do, especially after the win against LAFC a couple weeks back. Um, now they have another opportunity to prove it against one of the other. MLS elites, I guess you could say. So we'll be watching that one. Um, all right. I think that that about wraps up. Alex, you got anything else you want to you want to touch on before we before we wrap the show up? Uh, well, one more thing. I think the U.S. dropped their roster for the Nations oh. League final, which, you know, yes, some interesting, yes. interesting names on there. Um, um, have any thoughts on that? You know, I, I will shout out Drake Callender, Inter-Miami player. Uh, he's been the best player on the, on Miami's roster this season. So he definitely deserves that spot. So yeah, a lot of interesting names on here and um, yeah, looking forward to, to that, that match against Mexico. Yeah. I mean, I calendar spoke about this too in the um, spoke about this in, in, in his press conference after the match, there was a question that asked him about, or that was asked to him about, you know, what he, how he felt about being called up. And obviously he was, you know, very, obviously very appreciative of the opportunity. Um, you know, I, I think, this roster, I think the big thing is what what's Balogun going to do? Um, yeah. What are we going to see with him? Um, and and I mean, I, I, it's it's hard to even talk about the roster, right, when it comes to the situation because yeah. they're without another coach. Uh, yeah. Like, <laughs> and, and, and now they're on to BJ BJ Callahan, I think it's pronounced. Um, yeah. So it's it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out, and and you know, again, the United States men's national team facing them. Bit of adversity here. Um, they do have, you know, it, it's it's just an interesting situation. Yeah. They've had three coaches within the last seven months. So, what should we expect from this? I'm not really sure, but um, 
you know, we'll we'll see how it plays out. I mean, listen, this, this team, if you listen to Lizzie, uh, <laughs> she will tell you that this team performed extremely well despite the fact that they had a, had a terrible coach. So, um, you know, <laughs> this team has faced the adversity before of, of coaching situations, maybe not the tactics that fit the system. So, um, you know, they performed well under Hudson. So hopefully this team can just pick up right where they left off. I would imagine there's not going to be too much change in terms of how they play. I would imagine it's going to be remotely the same as it has been for the past couple of years, you know, since mm. Berhalter took over. So um, I'd imagine this is, is not going to be much change in style of play. It's more of a facing the adversity thing and, and having a different coach again and, and, and facing a team in Mexico that, you know, you always want to beat. It's a rivalry matchup. That's always difficult. So um, a lot hanging over the heads. You know, we know Christian Pulisic is excited to be back out there. Uh, after a tough season at Chelsea, Gio Reyna looking to prove himself again um, after, you know, what ended up being a pretty solid end to the season for his personal career at Dortmund, maybe not for the team. But, um, but yeah, I think looking out to see what Balogun can provide, um, seeing, I don't think Tyler, Tyler Adams isn't on this roster, right? Because he's, he's still hurt. No. Yeah, I think he's still recovering from injury. Oh, it'll yeah. be interesting to see who who yeah. the replacement is there. You know, you'll have Musa McKinney and 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 I would guess Aronson would probably. I, I don't really know how that's going to shape out. I don't Delatore, really know. maybe. Yeah, Tori probably more of a like for like replacement for mm-hmm. Aronson's more attack minded. Yeah. So, um, you know, a couple questions to be answered. Um, I will always say, you know, I, again, it's always important to beat Mexico. That's number one. Um, but mm-hmm. at the same point. I wouldn't put much into these matches and into the gold cup matches and even into what we see in Copa America next year, because I think that the United States spends that there's four years and there's no qualifying. So there's, there's time to work out some kinks, figure out Mm. the coach, you know, figure out who the next coach is. These, these games are obviously important. You want to win every game you play, but if the United States men's national team doesn't perform at the top quality or the top level that we're expecting them to perform at, don't fret, don't sweat. It's not going to really make it. It's not going to be that big of an impact on what happens four years from now, which is the important thing. Mm. So this summer is, is I think a lot about getting some new players in getting, you know, figuring out some things, you know, figuring out the coach, figuring out the direction that the U S men's national team wants to go. Um, and, and then next summer and beyond, I guess we can start focusing a little bit more as time goes on, on, how this team performs and and how they'll look come 2026. True, true. true. So <laughs> that's what I have to say on that. That's my long-winded answer uh, on <laughs> the national team. Um, when does the U.S. women's national team get announced? That is a good question. I, I hopefully soon because I'm looking forward to seeing one. Uh, Black I, I would imagine it will be soon. I, I believe media day for them is out in L.A. on the 27th. Nice. So, yeah. Um, so it, I would imagine it'll be within the next week or so you would think, you know, give them a couple weeks to be together before they announce it. So, mm-hmm. um, I mean, obviously the U S men's national team did their roster announcement and their media day in the same, you know, con- in conjunction with each other, uh, as you know, it was, um, time constraints, but, mm-hmm. uh, I would imagine this is, this will probably get announced before the 27th media day. They're in training camp right now. I believe, I believe or they're going to training camp, I, I think, um, yeah. relatively soon. So I would imagine that a roster gets announced soon. So keep an eye out for that. We'll obviously break that down when it comes. Uh, keep an eye out for any messy news. If Messi does break and perhaps happens to, you know, uh, you know, 
come to Inter Miami. We will, of course, you know, have all the content for you. We'll probably have a special podcast dedicated to that. So keep an eye out for that. Um, and a place to keep an eye out for that are on the social channels below, uh, both of our faces, uh, TikTok, <laughs> Twitter, Instagram. Uh, make sure to follow us there. Of course, YouTube as well, which is where you're watching this episode. Um, and I think that about wraps it up. That, that that about wraps it up. So, Alex, thank you for joining me again. I appreciate it. It was a pleasure. Um, and we'll have to get you on more and more. And, of course, if anything breaks with Inter Miami and Messi, we will have you on again. Um, to you guys out there, thank you for listening. We appreciate it. Um, we appreciate you following us. And, and just make sure you subscribe, follow these channels, and and check us out on all our social channels. And with that, that about wraps it up. And we'll talk to you guys next week. Peace. Bye. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.